Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Midwife Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of honest expert chat. My mission is to provide you with the very best support and information through pregnancy, birth and beyond with my online courses over at midwifepip.com. And as a podcast listener, I'm also offering you an exclusive 15% off all my online courses using code PODCAST15. With no further ado, let's get chatting. We have all heard of the hormones that have a huge impact on our bodies during pregnancy from enabling a conception, maintaining a healthy pregnancy and triggering labor. They are a fairly major part of any woman's pregnancy journey, but delving into exactly what impact our hormones have in pregnancy is both fascinating and incredibly empowering. So that is exactly what we're going to do today. On this week's episode, I'm going to be picking the brains of Lisa Falco. Lisa is a groundbreaking femtech engineer. She was the head of data at one of the biggest femtech companies in the world, Ava Women, and has spent her career developing algorithms to decipher the menstrual cycle and help women get pregnant faster. A career that has been inspired by her own personal and devastating experience of miscarriage. Lisa is also an author and her book, Go Figure, which puts a real data and scientific weight behind the mysteries of the reproductive cycle and the incredible science of the female body. So welcome, Lisa, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today to discuss a little bit more about the incredible hormones that we all have floating around our bodies in pregnancy. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. It's a pleasure. Now, obviously, you must be massively interested in women's health and kind of menstruation and and I guess pregnancy conception and all of that jazz to be doing what you're doing and to have written your book. But there's so many different avenues you've got you could have gone into. So I just wonder what led you to a career that was so dedicated to female science and then to dedicate so much time and passion and probably some blood, sweat and tears along the way (laughs) to then um, publish your book. Well, it, it didn't feel like a straight path. And this now it sounds like I really had this plan in mind, but, but to be honest, I didn't. So 
Um, I started off as an engineer, more because my dad thought that was a great thing to do. And I was like, okay, I'll become an engineer. <laughs> but then in the, during my master's, the last two years, I, I came into this uh, biomedical field. And, you know, when I was younger, I was kind of always really interested in medicine. I was hesitant to become a doctor. So I immediately felt that this is really the field I want to be in. I thought it was just so interesting in general. Mm. And then uh, when I moved to Switzerland, I am born in Sweden. Uh, and then I moved to Switzerland. I got the chance to do a PhD about how to image the brain and how to understand how the brains are wired, how the different parts are connected uh, and attack this problem as an engineer and develop methods to do this analysis. And I thought that was so interesting and I really loved that. And then after that, I was thinking, should I stay with this? But then, then if you want to stay in research, you have to go, you know, I do postdocs all over the world. And all I wanted to do was have a family and children. <laughs> so I got like a job in a normal company, or is it not a normal, but a startup company. And that was working with diabetes. So that was about develop, developing algorithms to help diabetes patients uh, to, uh, to track their blood glucose. So that, you know, also went into the same lines. Um, and uh, and then I, I came into bone research. And of course, this is very linked to women's health because women are the ones that suffer the most from osteoporosis, especially after menopause. Uh, and I worked with that for many years. And then I was contacted actually by the founders of Ava in the very beginning before there was even a company because they had seen what I've been doing previously um, with this uh, domain, generally just using data to better understand the bodies and using wearables. So they contacted me. And first I thought, they said, you know, oh, we want to do this thing to, to find when women are ovulating by, by using a wearable. I was like, how is that going to work exactly? What did you have in mind? I, I really didn't believe. I almost laughed at them. I thought that could never work. Uh, and then I went home and I studied and I was looking at it and I was learning all about these hormones that just, you know, drive so much of our physiology, uh, how much it changes our temperature, our heart rate, our breathing rate. And I was like, oh, gosh, actually, it's so kind of violent if you are like so intense. But uh, the impact is that you could actually use this to measure. Uh, so I decided, you know, to jump on that train. And then I spent yeah, almost five years uh, at Ava. I work in this building, the first algorithms and building up a team afterwards, you know, to use data and algorithms and artificial intelligence to yeah, to, to, to find this uh, part of the menstrual cycle where you are fertile. And one thing that's really interesting when you work in a startup is that you're not, you don't only do what you're hired to do. So I was hired to do the algorithms, but, you know, a small company, I had to step in a lot and do customer support. I had to step in, be really close to the user communities, seeing what questions they had. And I was, I mean, there are some women that know everything, but the vast majority, they know so little about how, the, how their fertility works and how the body works. 
And sometimes it made me even sad because I felt that they were making the wrong decisions or not wrong. Yeah, but actually, yes, they didn't, you know, based on their fertility, they had the false ideas of how it worked, which would lead them astray. And it sometimes made me a bit sad to see that. And, um, and then after, at the same time, you know, I had this growing interest of hormones. So everything, you can't build good algorithms if you don't understand what you're doing. Right. So I, um, I kept reading and reading, reading about these things. I got, you know, learn more and more. We also started looking at pregnancy products and looking how the hormones change over pregnancies. And then after all these years, I, I needed a break and the company had grown so big and I, I didn't like it as much as before. So I thought now, now I want to take a break just for me. And what do you do when you have kids in school and all that, you know, I, so I just said, I'm going to write a book and I'm totally going to geek out on what I'm the most interested in. Uh, so I just started like crazy and wrote. I also, you know, found back to an old passion of mine. I always, when I was younger, I always wrote so many novels and love telling stories. Um, so I wanted to use this as a way of like doing storytelling to bring in all this amazing science that is so interesting. Um, yeah, to, to, to create a book. And that's, uh, that's what I've done. Amazing. Well, I'm very grateful that you did because it's just fascinating. And what I find really interesting about women's kind of reproductive health or, or our menstrual cycles is that we kind of can't, well, we can't avoid it, can we? We spend one big chunk of our life trying not to get pregnant and then another potentially quite long chunk of our life trying to get pregnant yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have you know we have um the menopause that then kind of creeps in so we've constantly got these crazy changing hormonal states and we've all heard of and me included have joked about our hormones as women and the impact they have on our body and probably blamed hormones for a lot of things from acne to mood swings to all sorts but I think understanding them surely is really really empowering and I just wonder from your point of view why you think as women we should take the time really to understand the science of our body and therefore understand our hormones that much better well I do agree with you. I think it's really empowering to understand what is happening. I mean, especially the things that are linked to the menstrual cycle, because, you know, they come back cyclically. Mm. So it doesn't have to be a shock every time because you are right. I mean, those hormones do influence uh, so much. I mean, they influence our mood. They do influence our acne. They influence our, our sex loss. They, they, uh, they also... Yeah, and also other hormones that we have, you know, that are triggered by stress or or th- that triggers our hunger. Like all of our feelings are somehow uh, triggered by hormones in one way. And if you understand the cyclicity of them, then you don't need to get shocked. That's very empowering. But to some extent, you can also influence how much impact they have on you. For instance, um with PMS, uh, it's a good example because PMS happens when all the hormones go away at the end of the cycle because estrogen has a very positive influence on our mood because it helps in the generation of serotonin. And serotonin is this like feel-good uh, chemical that makes us feel happy. And, and, and when suddenly you have no estrogen, you produce much less serotonin. 
But then actually, if you have more stress, you produce more cortisol and cortisol kind of eats up the serotonin even more. So then you will become much, have much worse PMS, even though you might be able to deal with the stress at other points in your menstrual cycle, but at this one, not. Uh, that's and- really interesting. Cause I think I always assume that PMS happened when your hormone levels raised or uh, I don't know, in some way out of balance, but not the, the reduction in estrogen. So that's really interesting. I'm going to learn loads from you, Lisa. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's one very interesting thing to say that actually PMS is rather a lack of hormone. Um, it's when it's all dropped back to the baseline and it's not there to make us happy. I mean, because estrogen has a great um, impact on our mood uh, normally and a lot of positive effects on our body which makes it, of course, very difficult. Uh, it's also this drop in hormones that's behind um, post uh, postpartum depression. Maybe not the depression itself. Uh, that's a bit more severe, but the baby blues. Because you have, you know, you get used to having, you have incredibly high hormones over your whole pregnancy. Right? And suddenly at, the, at birth, they just suddenly drop uh, back to zero. And and that um, has a huge impact on your mood. So that's why basically every woman, every woman has baby blues in some form. Yeah. Actually, I think just understanding that and understanding that it's a hormonal thing and it's not, you know, it's not for, well, for baby blues certainly should be temporary and not, and not kind of a long-term thing. Um, but I just think understanding why it's happening to your body makes it so much less scary because actually if you can say, and I certainly felt this when I experienced the baby blues, is if you can say this is happening to my body and this is why, then you just feel so much more in control of those feelings and a lot less like there's this little alien taking over you because you do feel like suddenly a completely different person um, once your baby is here. So I think that's really, really helpful to understand that. I agree, yeah. That's really now, what I wanted to achieve with the book, to be honest. Yeah. This understanding, yeah. That women, my, my goal with the book is really to, you know, help women become more tolerant towards themselves. But also I try to describe why we're all different because we are all different. So it's also about becoming more tolerant towards women that does not or experience things differently than you do, that maybe have more problems and to understand the reason why, why your friend maybe have more issues with some things. That you, if you can understand that, it's also much easier for you to accept that she's in a difficult situation. Definitely. And I'm a big fan of women supporting women. I think when women support women, the most amazing things can happen. So, so I love that. Now, we've titled this episode purposely, The Surprising Impact of Hormones in Pregnancy. So I guess I kind of want to just pose that question to you, Lisa. Um, what is the impact of hormones in pregnancy? Surprise us all. <laughs> We're just taking a quick pause from this episode so that I can share with you a brand that I know you're going to love as much as I do. My Little Finley is growing up fast and is almost on the move, which means it's now time to start making our home safe for him. Did you know that every single week, at least one child under five years of age dies in an accident? 75% of which happen in their own home. I think this is terrifying. And this is why the team at Cheeky Rascals offer a variety of products that not only help make parents' lives easier, 
but are also the safest on the market, including brands like Love to Dream, Rocket, and the Fred Baby Proofing Safety Range, which has everything you need to keep your little ones safe and your mind at ease. I want to support you to make your home safer for your little one and prevent them coming to any harm. So Cheeky Rascals are sponsoring this podcast and offering you 15% off Fred safety products using the code midwifepip15. Oh my God, it's so much. It's so much. <laughs> You're like, I mean, that's why I wrote a book, Pip. I can't explain it all to you in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it, it's insane. I mean, just imagine the amount of hormones you have. Normally those uh, estrogen and progesterone, they're just uh, produced in your ovaries, right? And then suddenly during pregnancy, you have the whole placenta that is just pumping out hormones in your way and actually you said this little alien taking over um it kind of is an alien taking over because the placenta is actually the organ of the fetus and it's not your organ so it's actually the 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 baby's way of of kind of taking control of your body or at least making sure um, that she or he gets exactly uh, what she needs from uh, from your body you just um, become the priority, don't they? It's like, I'm number one. I will take what I need. Whatever is left is over to you, mum. Yeah. And I will modify your body so that you can provide this to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, it it influences the metabolism of the body, the, the progesterone and the estrogen as well. Uh, it influences the blood flow. It kind of changes even how the cell uh, works it's even through hormones that are produced in the placenta that the fetus communicates that it's time actually I'm ready to come out now mm-hmm. and it's a hormone is a hcg hormone um that is um you know that's the first thing you measure when you want to do a pregnancy test right and this is uh, the hormone that generates um morning sickness for instance and that is a way of the fetus of making sure, hey, mom, you should not eat anything that is bad for me. So be careful what you put into your body so you don't poison me, right? Um, yeah, the hormones make your uterus grow. It changes the, um, well, it changes the breast. They grow and they, um, they get a different structure inside to prepare them for breastfeeding. Um, your genitals actually get larger because of the hormones as well. And it also relaxes the ligament. I don't know if that happened to you, but uh, I kind of took one shoe size for every child. <laughs> that is, it's not the weight, at least not only the weight. It's actually because there is this hormone, you need to relax the ligament so that you have room for the baby and the baby can come out. And the hormones are not so local so that they only act... Uh, you know, around the uterus and the pelvis, they act a bit everywhere. So they also relax the ligaments in the feet. So they kind of become flatter and flatter. At least that's what happened to my feet. uh, Do you remember putting on a pair of trainers and thinking these feel really, really tight and just assuming it was to do with that bit of of swelling and weight gain in pregnancy, but actually maybe I wasn't all my weight gain was was to blame. Perhaps I can blame some of that um, relaxing hormone as well. Yeah, no, totally. That is the main reason, uh, I would say. 
And then, of course, the estrogen also can give you some strange taste in your mouth. You can get this metallic uh, taste in your mouth and also these strange cravings that normally the, the estrogen that is messing with your taste buds uh, as well. Um, yeah, the progesterone, something that happens also in the menstrual cycle, but a lot more um, during pregnancy is that it relaxes smooth muscles. And uh, for instance, the uh, intestines are smooth muscles. So that's why many women are constipated um, in the second phase of the menstrual cycle. But that becomes, of course, even, even worse in, um, in pregnancy. And that is the progesterone that simply, you know, then the intestine are not um, massaging the food through in the same, the same way. Um, yeah, it changes the vascular system as well. It's also the progesterone. Um, they relaxes, yeah, and, and what else? Yeah, the mood, of course. Normally. Yeah, big one, definitely. Yeah, but it's very different how, how women react. I mean, I was super happy during the whole uh, pregnancy because of very positive effects of estrogen, whereas other has some quite, some women have a bit bad effects of progesterone um, on their mood, so they can, you know, actually become grumpier. Um, there are different ways this can can go, but uh, this mood swings is also. And I think um, where you said earlier that the, the impact of stress can actually impact how these hormones function. And in the current times that we live with so much uncertainty around COVID and vaccinations, and, and I think women probably in pregnancy are just generally in a slightly heightened sense of anxiety across the board, probably globally. Um, and I wonder whether that perhaps plays into changes in pregnancy mood. Or maybe it goes the opposite way in that you've got, especially perhaps in that first lockdown, you've got less pressure to be doing a hundred million things and therefore you feel a bit more relaxed. I guess everyone's so different, aren't they? Yeah, actually, um, the lockdown and everything, uh, it seemed to have had a positive effect on less preterm births. And they think it could be because you stay more home, you run around less. And so actually there were less preterm births due to the lockdown. So it's not all bad. Um, but the anxiety, for instance, that is also linked to the hormones to some extent, because the hormones, they change as part of the brain as well. So the amygdala is the center of the brain that, um, that regulates fear, for instance, fear and anxiety. And they have a lot of receptors for these hormones and, and the amygdala actually grows during during your pregnancy as well as certain other parts of the brain that are involved in nursing and caring for instance so you actually remodel you can actually you know using brain imaging you can actually see how that the brain changes over a pregnancy and this is the way also of the baby that's quite interesting i think it's like the baby wants the mother to take care of her once she's out of the belly <laughs> so she kind of you know remodels everything so that the mother becomes ready to you know to to nurse the baby and to become a bit more scared and take care of him it's real teamwork isn't it I guess mum baby <laughs> and hormones so the trio together thankfully gets us there over that 10 month period yeah. and now every woman is obviously completely unique and we talk about a sort of hormones but obviously we all respond to those so so differently we're not kind of robotic we don't sort of 
you know, A equals B for everybody. What works for you might be different for your friend, etc. Why is it, Lisa, that we all respond so differently to the same kind of set of hormones in, in pregnancy, but also, I guess, in life? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are many factors that influence this. Um, First of all, the hormonal levels are not exactly the same. And also the same center that releases our hormones is also, you know, it's also influenced by all the external factors, the life we're living through stress, but not only stress, you know, there can be endocrine disruptors and there's, you know, uh, hormones in our environment that influence us as well. It's one thing. But then it's not only the hormones itself. If you like, hormones are like little keys that float around in your bloodstream, right? And they don't do anything when they're in the, the blood. They only do something when they encounter the keyholes. And these are the receptors. Uh, so when they encounter a receptor, they kind of turn the key and they trigger a reaction. And there's a lot of difference in those receptors, um, between uh, one woman and the other. Uh, for instance, women with uh, PMDD, this is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, they have receptors that become, that react quite badly to progesterone. So therefore, when they have high um, levels of progesterone in the blood, they become very unhappy. And it, I mean, it's a huge problem for these women. But that is linked to the receptors and not necessarily to the hormone levels. Um, and of course, you know, you trigger a reaction and that, you know, that reaction can be very unique. And it's really, I think it's really, really important to understand that, yeah, every woman has a completely different set of experiences. And just because something is true on average, I mean, even in statistics, it's not never about no one is actually average. It's also a big distribution. Um of how how the women are. I try to really pay a lot of attention to this in my book, also to explain like the span and not just focus too much uh, on average, just because, you know, you as a person, you will never be average. That's that hardly exists. That's like saying what's normal, isn't it? Like what on earth is a normal person? <laughs> <laughs> but just... I, yeah, not even in research, we say that normal is average. I mean, the normal is everyone within this span. This is the house span, which is really large. But then when we talk to each other, we only talk about the averages. And it's really reducing also, yeah, what science says, because they, they say a lot more than that. Yeah, no, that's a really useful perspective. Now, I guess if we could all like have a magic ball or plan our hormonal changes, we'd all want them to lead to positive side effects, of course. But I wonder, in relation to pregnancy, Lisa, is there anything that we can actively do ourselves to try and support our hormonal changes to give us perhaps more of a positive um, side effect than the, the sort of pesky side effects that we might experience as a result of hormones? 
Yeah, I know you, you told me you were going to ask me that question. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> or is it just out but of I, our control? I don't know. I, I really feel that just knowing about it, as we talked about before, I mean, this feeling of empowerment and knowing, you know, some things are beyond your control and you can accept, you know, accept it but you can always choose how you choose to respond to that Mm. hormones do have an impact they influence you but they are not you still I mean you can still choose a little bit try to change but um yeah there I would definitely one thing that almost always have a negative impact on you is cortisol the stress hormone uh, so that's one thing if you don't feel good you can definitely do and you know to look at yeah I would ask if you really suffer then I would ask your you know your healthcare provider to, if they can help you in any way but um, to some extent you just have to accept that it's normal that there are a lot of changes now and things not everything, of course, it's a huge change to kill children. I would not pretend it will go back to normal. Um, but some things do go back to normal and you will feel better if you don't feel good. Um, but of course, many women do feel great about pregnancy as well. Definitely. I, I was very fortunate and I fell into that latter camp of, of women that, that felt really great during their pregnancy. After I got through the horrendous morning sickness of the first trimester, I have to say, did not feel yeah. so great in the first sort of 10, 11 weeks. But I think that's a really important point that you um, mentioned there really in that some stuff is out of our control. So actually if women's listening that feels like, well, these hormones are not on my side, you know, they are causing me all these side effects and I'm feeling fairly horrendous. It's not anything that you have necessarily done, but absolutely knowledge is power. So understanding what's going on in your body, why it's going on in your body can really, really help you to manage that that phase. Because everything I think with hormones is kind of a phase, but often we're not stuck in the same hormonal balance from one day to the next, or even sometimes one hour to the next. Um, So it's not that that's it forever. Exactly. I I totally agree. Now, Elisa, everyone that comes on the podcast, I always ask for three top tips. So I'm going to throw you on the spot with this, I'm afraid. You haven't escaped the uh, the three top tip questioning. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if you could share your three top tips to feeling empowered by your pregnancy hormones, which might sound completely crazy to some women who perhaps are spending a lot of time being sick at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh man (laughs) so difficult (sighs) to feel empowered yeah no I I I mean it changes that's the same I mean especially if you feel sick this is going to go away this HCG hormone is the hormone that makes you sick it's going to go away and then you get all this uh, pos- try to feel the positive effects of the estrogen. I mean, the estrogen really makes you happier. It, uh, it makes your skin more glowy. Um, it has a lot of really good effect. And you try to be observant maybe of those positive sides uh, that are there um, as well. And then if your ligaments are hurting and all that, try to, you know, uh, try to solve those problem temporarily you know and except maybe you need to take it a bit more easy Uh, maybe I I had my ligaments were terrible I had this band that kind of held everything together 
that helped me <laughs> through my pregnancies. Um, and I guess asking for help is is actually quite empowering sometimes. You know, actually just saying, actually, this is really tough. I need I need some help it can also be really, really empowering, I think. Exactly. Sorry, I'm not adding to your tips. That was just uh, just sprung <laughs> to my mind really, there. I'm really grateful. For that story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was I just just you know try to try to enjoy it. And I think this is general, not really linked to your hormones. But when when you are young and you're pregnant for the first time, you you feel that these nine months are so long and it's so hard to give up on stuff because it feels like an eternity. Um, but once once it's over and you look back on it, you know, it was such a short moment of your life. And I would say it's the same also when if you feel overwhelmed when you have a little baby and also all those emotions. I mean, this is just the beginning of like a lifelong uh, relationship that you will have with this amazing human being. And, and if it's tough in that moment, it doesn't mean that they will you know, it will stay tough. My kids, uh, my my kids are teenagers now, and I never, I mean, I've never been happier to be a mom. It's just amazing. Um, so you know, I, and I was not a great, I, I was not a great baby mom. <laughs> I'm sure least. you were. I feel like everyone thinks that. <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, to be completely honest, you know that. Yeah, I don't want to say anything bad about midwives. This <laughs> is I'm talking to you. Yeah. Uh, I had this midwife coming home to us in the beginning here in Switzerland. It was an ama- I was really grateful for her. But she kind of thought, oh, you should just sit there and look at your baby and be happy. And I was like, that's not, you know, I could not just sit there and look at my baby the whole day. That's- I've got things to do. Like, <laughs> I don't, food doesn't cook itself and the washing doesn't just do itself. And- <laughs> you know, but not even that, you know, I was just like, oh man, I mean, she is very cute, but I thought it was a bit, you know, boring to just watch like hour after hour. No, I mean, people are, people are different. I mean, there are many women that love this and that's perfectly fine, but I think it's also fine that you don't. And I don't think my kids got so traumatized. Uh, no. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the same as often women worry because we talk about when your baby's born and passed, you have this massive overwhelming feeling of love and rush of oxidation. And actually for some women that doesn't happen. And, and that's okay because it will happen at some point. But yeah. that point for every woman is completely different. And, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up about when that, that happens for us. That actually is one tip I would like to give. Um, maybe it's not really linked to hormones, but still, I mean, horm- love is also hormones, right? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, um, yeah, because you have this thing in your belly actually for nine months, but you don't know it. Mm. It's there. It's a very abstract concept, and when you it comes up, it's, I think it's really normal not to feel love for the baby. And that's also something you, you see with the hormones that the love comes when you start caring for the baby. Then you trigger all those hormones that trigger love. So you don't care for your baby because you love it. You love the baby because uh, you care for it. And that is that I think is really empowering because that also gives a chance to women, uh, the foster moms or adopt, yeah, adoptive moms, or it gives a chance to the fathers because they have the same thing. It's not only uh, you don't have to be the biological mother 
to create this link, you actually create this link by caring, by, by touching, you know, having it close and just, yeah. Well, Lisa, I think that is a beautiful way to end this episode. So thank you so much for coming on and, join, and joining me and sharing some of your pregnancy hormone wisdom. Of course, your book is linked in the episode description. So for anyone who wants to get more information, really understand the science of their female body and feel extra empowered on their journey, then absolutely check that out. But thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the podcast and joining me today. Thank you for having me. And that's it for another episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. Remember, you can use your exclusive discount code PODCAST15 on all my online courses. And why not check out my free mini course while you're there too? If you enjoyed listening to this episode, remember to hit subscribe so you're the first to hear about all the upcoming chats too. And I'd be immensely grateful if you could take a couple of minutes to leave me a quick podcast review too. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.